Talk Herdy to Me. Taking a deep dive into Border Collies and other herding breeds, helping you play to their strengths, minimize their weaknesses, and understand their quirks. Listen in to learn for leading training and behavior experts on how to set your dog up for success, understand your urban herder more, and hit those training goals. Hello and welcome back to Talk Herder to Make, the podcast where we maximize their strengths, minimize their weaknesses, and understand their quirks. And today I thought, because it is a whole new series, a whole new year, we'd kick it off with talking a little bit about who are we and what we do and why we do what we do. So, hi, I'm Ellen. I don't think I've formally introduced myself before. Um, I currently live in West Yorkshire. I've always lived in West Yorkshire, apart from when I travelled. And I've always worked with animals. Uh, I had a job when I was about 13, 14, working in the kennels just as a Saturday girl. And then I kind of worked there from about 13, 14 up to sort of on and off until I was in my 20s. Um, And I loved it. I absolutely loved it. It really gave me so much more understanding into dog-to-dog body language and communication um, and things like that. So I think that really kind of gave me a good footing um, for the career that I have now. When I was about 18, all my friends went off to uni um, and... I didn't. I decided that I had no idea what I really wanted to do. I knew I wanted to work with animals, but there was no university course out there that kind of really kind of grabbed me at that point. And um, university is expensive and I didn't want to waste money without knowing what I wanted for the degree at the end, which was going to be kind of useless and waste my opportunity to get a degree. Um, so I didn't go. I decided to travel. I did a ski season uh, in Val d'Isere, which I loved. Uh, I then went traveling with my now husband um all over the world and we did a lot of Asia and Australia and we were gone for a year and a bit and this is where my dog training journey really really started because when I got to Perth um which we lived in for around six months um I was looking for a job because we'd wasted all our money well not wasted we'd used all our money traveling around Cambodia, Vietnam, Laos, Thailand um all around Asia Malaysia and things like that and we'd kind of we'd done three four months of traveling around Asia and we we were getting short on cash so we went to Australia because we had our working visas and we were looking for a job Uh, my husband got a job straight away because his cousins who we were living with set him up um so and I had to try and find something so I was kind of handing out my CVs but I was holding out for a job I would really like because that is just me um and I saw a job advertised for dog walking um, with a company called Perth Animal Training Specialists. And I went to the interview and I got the job. Um, little did I know that that would really kind of ignite a fire in me. The more that I kind of got involved, uh, there were two ladies running it at the time, Charlotte and Lauren. Um, and as I started to get more involved in stuff, Charlotte invited me down to come and participate in one of the classes. So I handled her dog. Tommy through the classes to learn the syllabus and work on my handling skill I then started really enjoying it so I started coming down and um, helping out volunteering at some of the different classes Um, some of their reactive dogs or dogs they were working with I would then do training walks with so my like my physical skill and my learning just kind of imploded and I started looking at online courses and while I was out there I did a couple of courses I did the James O'Hare distance learning one year length course in about six months because once we left Perth we went back traveling and I used to sit on beaches in like Vietnam and um Bali mainly and just type out assessment after assessment because when you're traveling 
it's kind of what you do you just sit on beaches and you, you kind of bum around a bit so having something to do for a couple of hours a day was was really good for me um and it expanded my learning no end we then traveled for another sort of six eight months and we finally came home because I'm a massive home bird and I was getting really homesick but the condition was if we came home I had to get a dog so we were sat in Thailand in the last couple of weeks in Thailand looking online at border collies because I've known since I was young that I wanted a blue male border collie that's all I wanted didn't care where it came from didn't care anything I wanted a blue male border collie bitch that's all I wanted um this is all because of a border collie that used to come in to the kennels called Freddie, who is actually one of my now clients older dogs um so it's kind of gone full circle there um and he was just amazing like such a friendly dog and he was amazing um and I just fell in love with him and the breed and everything and I was like I want him um I want I want a dog like him so we were searching online for puppies and we found a litter of puppies we text them we had to go and get a Thai sim because I couldn't text off my English sim um, and text them and be like hi we're interested do you have any left she sent me pictures of four puppies and she said these are the last three bitches we have pick one and I picked puppy number three which was Aoife we literally came home like a week later two days later I drove from uh, West Yorkshire all the way across to the right top north of Wales and um, it was about three and a half four hours and we went to go see Aoife we walked in them went, which one do you know which one's yours and I said that one and they were like how do you know and I was like she's got a really distinct dark patch over her eye and they were like yeah wow that is yours um and that's where I got my first border collie and she really started my love affair with border collies. Um, I probably would have only had her if she didn't have as many health issues as she has had. Um, she has had oh, hip dysplasia, she's got allergies, um, she's had seizures, she's had kind of anything you could have wrong with the dog she's kind of had, but we love her for it. But because she has or had such a physical limitation, um, we've recently had both her hips done and I'm so proud to say that she's like a different dog she is so happy and so much more capable of doing things that a normal five-year-old border collie could do um, which is amazing to see Aoife kind of I got this I got this blue male border collie and I was ready to go and hit the dog training wheel by storm I was going to do agility I was going to do tricks I was going to do this I was going to do that and by like four or five months she knew so many tricks um she actually got her expert trick dog title under the age of like eight months or something crazy she was she is so intelligent when she wants to be but unfortunately about four or five months old she got um the diagnosis of double hip severe double hip dysplasia um unfortunately and basically the vet it's not technically hip dysplasia it's she's born with birth defects but they put it down as hip dysplasia so we could get our insurance money uh, not to anybody if you're going to get your puppies insured make sure you get lifetime insurance and not annual we got annual we only got covered for the first year of her life all my other dogs are now on lifetime policies so if anything goes wrong with them they are covered for their entire life and that is the biggest thing I would tell puppy owners is to make sure you get the right insurance for your dog um, because if you have a dog like Aoife it will really come round to kind of bite you in the bum so yeah, we got Aoife. Um, I then met up with a couple of local dog trainers and started shadowing them, um, learning how they do stuff. I also did a plethora of online and in-person courses, workshops and uh, seminars. Um, and I started up my dog walking business. Um, about a year or so after 
um, my dog walking business has kind of really taken off. I really started with my training journey and I started offering puppy classes and basic training one-to-one such as loose lead recall, things like that. Um, I am fully qualified with the APDT, which is the Association of Pet Dog Trainers, which for me is your go-to place to find a trainer. Um, I'm also IMDT and I do have a degree uh, in applied animal behaviour and training and I'm currently working towards my clinical animal behaviourist um, title and qualification. So yeah, life was going good um, and I had kind of reached a point with Peeps where she was always quite physically limited in terms of what she could do and how much she could do with her without her becoming really stiff and sore and not enjoying it. So I we discussed with my partner and I've always grown up with multiple dogs um, and we decided we would get another dog. And I said, we'll go for something different. We'll get an Alaskan Klikai, which is quite a fancy breed. And I had my name down on a litter. The puppies had just been born. Um, and I was very excited for this lovely little red puppy I was going to get. Um, I then went on holiday, New Year's Eve, down to my family who are in Somerset. And we got there and my cousins, my mum's cousins who we stay with, were saying there's one of our friends who were an elderly couple had just got a working board collie puppy. Uh, they're both in their 90s uh, the gentleman had limited mobility and their 15 year old border collie died and they went out the next day and bought a working border collie puppy and this border collie puppy was not in the right home um he was biting them he was not getting enough stimulation of exercise and it, it was just too much for them and it was just the wrong environment um but I was like oh I'll help them find a breed specific rescue but I'm, I can't take him I have my name on this puppy Fast forward a few days later, we were about to head home. The night before we were about to head home, the couple rang who we were staying with and said, can someone please come and pick up this puppy? He's bitten us again. We can't cope with him. We just can't have him in the house. Um, And all around, it was the right decision, 100% the right decision. They were struggling with him. He was struggling with the environment. It was not the right environment. So I said, right, I will find this dog of a breed-specific rescue. Started looking online, but because I'm from the north, I was kind of like, oh, well, I don't particularly know any of these down here. So we went round and we saw the puppy and that was it. Um, before anyway, he was bundled into the back of my car the next day and driven oh, seven hours back up north, um, which was his first long trip in the car ever. And he was about four or five months old at this point. Um, and that is how we got Jasper. Um, and Jasper was, oh, Jasper's the best dog ever he had so many issues and so many struggles and um, we realized quite quickly that he did have some behavioral issues in the fact that he came home and um, I brought him through the front door and then that day or the day after he bit my husband uh, because of resource guarding and he had other issues and um, he'd learned to sort of nip for attention so we'd either jump and bite at your face or bite at your bum um he just had had a less he just had had a bit of a slow start in terms of they were an elderly couple. They didn't get him out much um, or as much as they potentially needed. He'd also not come from the best breeder or breeding environment. Um, so it was kind of a plethora of things that came into it. He was incredibly anxious. Uh, he was like, I always used to describe him as chicken little. When he went outside, the world was falling. Life was scary. Um, and he, he was reactive to cars. He was reactive to people, dogs. Pretty much you name it, he was reactive to it. Um, and we worked through it and he has done no end of good for my handling skill and my understanding of 
people and border collies and what they actually go through and live with with these dogs. So I will be forever grateful for him. Um, towards sort of after when he was about a year old. When he was about a year old, um, we started to realise that actually we we nailed this training. He was turning into a really, really nice dog. We'd kind of overcome a lot of his reactivity issues. Um, we had made him be able to trust us and he'd really well bonded with us. And he, he was really comfortable and kind of, if I put him in situations where he was a little bit uncomfortable, he had trust in me that I was always going to be there to protect him and, and, and do things to advocate for him. So we were like really starting to hit our stride with training. And that's when I kind of really realised that a lot of the issues that Jasper has, and the more that I started working with clients' collies, the more I realised that a lot of the issues that Jasper has, a lot of other collies actually have. It was a lot of breed-typical behaviours, or not necessarily all at once in the same dog. Um, but yeah, so that's when I started like really kind of geeking out on everything Border Collie. Um, I tried to learn more about their traditions, where they came from. Uh, my family is a farming family traditionally. So my granny, my uncle, uh, they all are farmers. So it's kind of, it's in my blood. Um, and I took Jasper, I thought maybe he needs an outlet. Um, so I took him to sheep herding. And very typical on Jasper's sort of brand was he was petrified of sheep. He walked up near the pen absolutely babbed himself back a couple of times then ran back and jumped in the back of the car and I was mortified the farmer was like yeah you're not going to make a sheep dog out of him I was like oh god poor Jasper so I then spent 40 minutes playing around with the gentleman's dogs um herding them so I could have a go which was really really kind of him to let me do and then we drove home um and I must have traveled the length and breadth of the country finding things to help him I went and found other people who um, work with collies exclusively I went and found other trainers behaviorists and I kind of that is what the urban herd kind of is it's an amalgamation of everything that I've done with Jasper um, and obviously my subsequent jobs uh, dogs Piper and even little Enzo now um, everything that I've kind of learned from them and what I've done with them and it's an amalgamation to kind of look at how a lot of these different training techniques work with collies and how they can be applied specifically to collies because they have such um, specific genetic behavioral drives so yeah um unfortunately we lost jasper um to epilepsy um which is absolutely heartbreaking because he was literally just getting to the point where he was coping with life and he was really coming into himself and he was having such a good time we were taking him to the Lake District, we were taking him to the Dales, we were walking him. He was my little running buddy. He was amazing. Like we were getting out and he was living his best life and living such a fulfilled life. We started going training classes on a regular basis. Um, and unfortunately, yeah, he died. Um, but because of Jasper, I decided that I wanted to learn more about behaviour and learn about really what makes dogs behave in a certain way. And that is why I did my degree. So I then went to Bishop Burton and got a degree in applied animal behaviour and training, which I graduated from last year. Woohoo, thank God. Um, and I'm now using that to get my clinical animal behaviourist um, status and qualification. Um, since Jasper, I have had Piper, who is a little sensitive being. 
Um, but she came from top trialing dogs and I knew she needed a job. Um, and we did do sheet ball with her and she does really enjoy sheet ball. Um, but because of what I'd done with Jasper, I'd started to get into more of the herding. Um, and I actually went and bought sheep for Piper. So Piper has her own little flock of little Hebrideans, which we herd and we train with. And she's actually getting quite good now. Really quite pleased with her. Um, and then that's kind of started my second love affair, which is with sheep. Um, so I've recently bought um, a small flock of Exmoor horns because my granddad used to breed and show Exmoor horns and was the secretary of the breed society. So that's kind of a way that I can feel close to that side of my family um, because my granddad died before I was born and my granny, she did carry on the farming and I was very close to my granny, but unfortunately she's also died. Um, so this is a way that I can kind of keep that part of my family close to me, which is really nice. And it's something that I really enjoy. So yeah, I have my sheep. I have Piper. Piper is amazing. She's such, she will put her heart and soul into anything, um, but she is very much a farm dog. She's a working dog. Um, she loves me. Um, she's very much a one-woman dog, um, but she can be quite sensitive and quite aloof to strangers. Um, and she's never aggressive or nasty or anything like that. She just, she just doesn't particularly like people she doesn't know coming up and fussing her. She'll tolerate it, but she's... She's just, yeah, pretty much a farm dog. And I love her for it because it's everything that a collie should be or is. She is just stereotypical collie. Um, and then Piper is the mum to Enzo. Um, so this year I bred a litter of border collie puppies. Uh, I've always been, I did my whole degree um, dissertation on the age at which border collie puppies um, first express herding behaviours and the impact of the rearing environment. So basically, what age do puppies start showing herding type behaviours and whether being inside versus outside impacts it? Um, and that kind of, I spent hours and hours watching, there was over 70 puppies in my study and I used to watch 30 minute clips of each puppy um, from the week of three weeks to five weeks. So that's a hell of a lot of watching litters of puppies. And I did loads of research around it and I decided that I really wanted to know about a collar and Piper is kind of, Everything I've wanted in a collie, she's she's got that tenacity. She is <clears throat> um, a fantastic work dog. She's a fantastic pet. She's just brilliant. She's everything I've wanted. So we decided to breed her and we raised a litter of puppies this summer. Um, we used the puppy culture um, training protocol to raise them all. And they are all absolutely amazing. They are so sociable and so confident. And I am so pleased with how the puppies are coming on. Uh, one of them does obedience and agility. One of them does a lot of heel its music and has recently started going to do some like TV dog training classes and stuff. Um, and the other two are just really well-loved pets, but they also get quite a lot of training. Um, and I do see them on a regular basis, which I'm really excited about. Apart from poor Sol, who is six hours down south, but I'm hoping I will try and see him in the next couple of months because I would love to see him again. Um, so yeah, that's a little bit behind us, me, the urban herder. Uh, we also have Beth, who does all our admin. If you've ever been in touch with us, you'll probably have spoken to Beth at some point. Um, Beth has four border collies, and at one point she had two children under the age of one with living with four border collies um, while working full time. She is like superwoman, um, and she's amazing, and she is brilliant. Um, so yeah, that's kind of, Beth is also a fully qualified 
dog trainer. Um, she also has a degree in applied animal behavior and training. Um, so she is kind of, yeah, Wonder Woman. Um, but yeah, that is the Urban Herder and that is the little team behind us. We're not a massive conglomerate. We're not a massive um, training organization. It is just a two-man band, basically. And our hope with the Urban Herder and Talk Herder to me and things like that is we want to help you and help your dogs thrive in an urban environment. The urban environment is the kind of the complete opposite of what a collie is traditionally bred to live in. And But it is part of a way of life. That is where they are now. Um, and I think it's really important that we we provide some help and we kind of help you get through some of the issues that are very breed typical or breed tendencies, such as the car chasing or the reactivity or the sensitivity to movement and things like that. I think people need support and that is what we're here for. And like I say, I've lived it. I've lived it with Jasper. Um, and, and I completely understand where 99% of all my clients are coming from. Um, and it's, I understand how frustrating it can be to have a dog like that. Um, and I understand how the techniques work because I've used them with my own dogs. It's not like I've read a piece of paper and been like, oh, that works because of that. I've lived it. I've breathed it. Um, and I am more than happy to kind of be there and support you guys. So that is kind of the aim and the inspiration behind the Urban Herder is to help these dogs have a brilliant relationship with their owners and thrive in these different environments rather than just survive. Um, but yeah, I'll start waffling on now. Um, but that is us. That is me. That is the Urban Herder. And that is kind of our inspiration behind it. Um, Talk Herder to me was started because um, I think it's a great way to kind of get information out to people for free because sometimes training can be cost prohibitive. Um, so having that little bit more understanding behind your dogs in a free way is, is, is really important for us as well. It's a way of us giving back to our community and giving back to yourselves. The plan we talk earlier to me is we are, we are adding a question section. So at the end of each episode, um, we will be having questions that have been sent in from um, audiences, from our clients and answering them, which you may find helpful because it may resonate quite a lot with you and your dog personally. Um, if you do want to, what we generally do is we add um, the topics to the Talk Herder to Me Facebook page or the Urban Herder Facebook page. And then you can just comment your questions and we will handpick a couple of them for each topic um, to answer at the end of each of the episodes. Um, so if you want to get involved and we've got some episodes such as compulsive behaviours, adolescence, um, ball, <clears throat> balls and border collies. Um, what else have we got? We've got a few other episodes that are coming up in the next couple of months. So if you have any, your dog is going through any of those issues, um, please go onto the Facebook pages and comment what your question is and we might pick it and we'll be able to answer it live on the podcast um but thank you so much for listening to me waffle about me and my dreams and my little baby which is the urban herder and we'll see you next week <laughs>